Before Mike Tyson, there was the Apostle Peter. And slashing ears, taking ears off. <laughs> Are you kidding me? <laughs> so that's the hook for today. <laughs> so we're going to okay, all right. I'm I'm interested in this one. <laughs> we're gonna see a little correlation between Mike Tyson and the Apostle Peter <laughs> in John chapter 18. I, I think Mike Tyson is would be loving this one. Uh, yeah, he, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, and we might get some emails about this being sacrilegious, but the fact of the matter is, is we do see Peter taking off an ear. Yeah, in this chapter, right. and Jesus did not like that, and so it is recorded, and we're going to read it here in John chapter 18. You're listening to Between the Lines. I'm Junior. And I'm Scott, and I'll get started in verse 1. After saying these things, Jesus crossed the Kidron Valley with his disciples and entered a grove of olive trees, which that grove of olive trees is still there. Some of the very trees, in fact are still alive from when Jesus was there. That's how yeah. long olive trees But live. when we go on a trip to Israel, a lot of times, you know, we not a lot of times, every time we always start in northern Israel or it's more untouched, you know, yeah. and, and the topography is very much like what Jesus would have seen. And everybody's excited. Oh, let's go to Jerusalem. Can't wait. And at the end of the trip, we go to Jerusalem. But Jerusalem's very much, it's kind of modern in many yeah. senses. Now, yeah. there's a lot of cool things to see, but it's it's more modernized. Well, and even the old city itself is really medieval yeah. more than... Yes. Yeah. But when you go to the this Garden of Gethsemane, the olive grove, mm-hmm. that's that's the most meaningful part for most people on and the trip. They've been harvesting olives there since the time of Jesus. And, yeah. and people will say, well, how do you know? Well, because they know that these some of these trees are like 2,100 years old. Yeah, yeah. All right. Verse 2, Judas, the betrayer, knew his place because Jesus had often gone there with his disciples. The leading priests and Pharisees had given Judas a contingent of Roman soldiers and temple guards to accompany him. Now with blazing torches, lanterns, and weapons, they arrived at the Olive Grove. And you may recall from our reading last week that when Jesus was having the Last Supper with them, he said to Judas, what you got to do, go do. And Judas left, and the other disciples just thought he was going to do some banking or something. But that's what he went to do, to, to go get help to to take Jesus in. Jesus fully realized all that was going to happen to him, so he stepped forward to meet them. Who are you looking for, he asked. Jesus the Nazarene, they replied. I am he, Jesus said. And Judas betrayed him, was standing with them. As Jesus said, I am he, they all drew back and fell to the ground. Because, of course, we're reading this, the, we're reading this in English Bibles, which was translated from the Greek, but it was Actually, it would have come out of Aramaic, and the word there for I am in Aramaic is the word for Yahweh, is the yeah. word for God. That's how he introduced himself to Moses, I am. Yeah. yeah. And so they, and it actually caused them to fall backwards. And so again, once more, he asked them, who are you looking for? And again, they replied, Jesus the Nazarene. I told you that I am he, Jesus said, and since I am the one you want, let these others go. He did this to fulfill his own statement. So this actually happened twice when he said, I am he, and they all fell backwards. Um, I did not lose a single one of those you have given me. He said this to fulfill that statement. Then Simon Peter drew a sword and slashed off the right ear of Malchus, the high priest's slave. So there it is. There it is. He didn't bite his ear. (laughs) He did not. (laughs) But there is a sense of... um, I don't want to say comedy because it's just, yeah. it, it is sad. Though, you, you, as we'll see, Jesus heals him. And so, you know, now looking back, it is it is silly that you have the Apostle Peter doesn't take on one of the big brute guards. He takes on the slave boy. This yeah. would have been more of a, a younger guy, uh, like possibly unarmed because he's just the priest's slave. Yeah. I have to say, though, too, I think while we're often, we get hard on Peter, I see, and and sometimes we we will equate 
Peter with uh, some people that have like super energy. We often talk about uh, Pastor Denham, our campus pastor, displays as being a little like yeah. Peter, yep. and and we do that in a very fond way, right? But the truth is, there's a lot of Peter in all of us. Oh yeah, because we there are so many times we want to do the right thing, we like go after it, and the next thing you know, we're turning our backs on God. Yeah. And that was Peter. Yep. All right. So anyway, he, d- he does this. And Jesus said to Peter, put your sword back into its sheath. Shall I drink from the cup of suffering the Father has given me? In other words, he says, I'm, I'm supposed to be taken at this time. This is my time now. Verse 12. So the soldiers, their commanding officer and the temple guards arrested Jesus and tied him up. First, they took him to Annas since he was the father-in-law of Caiaphas, the high priest at that time. Annas had been the high priest at one time, but it's like one of those things where family power. So now his... Son-in-law is in power, but he's still running the show. Annas is still running the show. Caiaphas was the one he had told the other Jewish leaders, it's better that one man should die for the people. By the way, they have found where Caiaphas, likely his Uh um, ossuary, has been. So these are real people. Yeah. They believe they know where his palace was. Simon Peter followed Jesus, as did another of the disciples. And by the way, I say palace. So you look at these religious leaders. It's a little bit like some of the those that I refer to as the frauds, the religious leaders today. They're living in these giant mansions and flying jets around the world. That I, I think we're in a dangerous territory when the you know the the leadership position in pointing people to God becomes so financially attractive that becomes likely that people begin to do these things for the wrong reason. And sometimes I think they're even, their hearts are in the right place when they begin, but the love of money becomes so destructive. And we see that even in the first century. I think that they had other reasons to not want Jesus to gain attraction of the people of Israel because they had too much to lose, Caiaphas including. So I'm going to cancel my helicopter purchase now. Yeah, well, I'd love to have a helicopter. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, 16, uh, Peter uh, had to stay outside the gate. uh, Verse 15, Simon Peter followed Jesus, as did the other disciples. The other disciple was acquainted. That's John. John doesn't even name himself. He just says the other disciple was acquainted with the high priest. So he was allowed to enter the high priest's courtyard with Jesus, which makes me wonder what was John's relationship with this high priest, that he knew him. Maybe there was some familial relation that went back through the generations. Peter had to stay outside the gate. Then the disciple who knew the high priest spoke to the woman watching at the gate, and she let Peter in. The woman asked Peter, you're not one of the man's disciples, are you? No, he said, I am not, which was just a lie. Because it was cold, the household servants and the guards had made a charcoal fire. They stood around it warming themselves, and Peter stood with them warming himself. Inside, the high priest began asking Jesus about his followers and what he had been teaching them. And Jesus replied, everyone knows what I teach. I preach regularly in the synagogue and the temple where the people gather. I have not spoken in secret. Why are you asking me this question? Ask those who heard me. They know what I said. So he said, just just go and ask them. You can pick it up from here, Junior. Then one of the temple guards standing nearby slapped Jesus across the face. Is that the way to answer the high priest, he demanded? (laughs) Jesus replied, if I said anything wrong, you must prove it. But if I'm speaking the truth, why are you beating me? Then Annas bound Jesus and sent him to Caiaphas, the high priest. Meanwhile, as Simon Peter was standing by the fire, warming himself, they asked him again, you're not one of his disciples, are you? He denied it, saying, no, I'm not. But one of the household slaves of the high priest, a relative of the man whose 
ear Peter had cut off. <laughs> Asked, didn't I see you out in the olive grove with Jesus when you cut my cousin's ear off? <laughs> <laughs> Way to draw attention to yourself, Peter. Yeah, right. Again, Peter denied it and immediately a rooster crowed, fulfilling that prophecy that Jesus had spoken at dinner the night before. By the way, you, you did add a couple of, you know. Uh, yes, yeah. I did. The cousin, the cousin <laughs> part was, my, yes. which I do wonder if that was part of the conversation. Yes, right. Verse 28, Jesus' trial before Caiaphas ended in the early hours of the morning. Then he was taken to the headquarters of the Roman governor. His accusers didn't go inside because it would defile them and they wouldn't be allowed to celebrate Passover because he's a Gentile. He can't go Mm -hmm. into a Gentile's house. So Pilate, the governor, went out to them and asked, what is your charge against this man? We wouldn't have handed him over to you if if he weren't a criminal, they retorted. Then take him away and judge him by your own law, Pilate told them. Only the Romans are permitted to execute someone, the Jewish leaders replied. So they're talking about Roman law here, of course, yeah. because they were under Roman rule. And this fulfilled Jesus' prediction about the way he would die. Then Pilate went into his headquarters and called for Jesus to be brought to him. Are you the king of the Jews? Yes. Let, let me insert this as well, because I think this is interesting, because the predictions of Jesus' death was that he was going to be lifted up. In fact, we have Psalm 22, which is fascinating, that a description of a crucifixion that was made prior to the Babylonians even inventing crucifixion. Babylonians invented it and the Persians picked it up and the Romans perfected it to be make it as painful as possible, but it hadn't been invented then yet. And yet if Jesus would have been put to death by the Jews, it wouldn't have been crucifixion. They didn't crucify. They, they put executed people with stoning, hmm. but yet the predictions for a Jewish man living in the Jewish world was that he would be executed by the Romans. Yeah. So Pilate asked, are you the king of the Jews? Jesus replied, is this your own question or did others tell you about me? Am I a Jew? Pilate retorted, your own people and their leading priests brought you to me for trial. Why? What have you done? Jesus answered, my kingdom is not an earthly kingdom. If it were, my followers would fight to keep me from being handed over to the Jewish leaders. But my kingdom is not of this world. Pilate said, so you are king. Jesus responded, you say I'm a king. Actually, I was born and came into this world to testify to the truth. All who love the truth recognize that what I say is true. Which, this is a good reminder for Christians that Jesus's kingdom is not of this world. It is not our mission to improve this world. It is our mission to get people into Jesus's world, expanding God's kingdom not improving the world's kingdom. What is truth, Pilate asked. Then he went out again to the people and told them, he is not guilty of any crime. Do you have a custom of asking me to release one prisoner each year at Passover? Would you like me to release the king of the Jews? But they shouted back, no, not this man. We want Barabbas. Barabbas was a revolutionary. And that is John chapter 18. We'll pick it up tomorrow. In John chapter 19. Of course, it's a tough section every time we get to the crucifixion and the death of Jesus is difficult, but yet it is called Good Friday for a reason because Jesus came for this purpose. It's all coming to this climax, the reason that Jesus came in the first place. Yeah. All right. So it is Psalm chapter, was it 80? Psalm 81. 81. Yeah. For today. Incidentally, you know, it'd be a good time to give a lesson to everybody, including to you. You know, the, the, I hear you say this quite a bit, a Psalm chapter. 
But that's like uh, that, that's like saying turn in your hymn book to chapter whatever. Sure, yeah. So there are Psalm no chapters number. in Psalms. So yeah. you know, sometimes when I you know I have to correct you, I, I it's good to do it in public. <laughs> that's one of our staff values, isn't it? Correct in, yeah, in right. public. <laughs> Actually, our staff values are correct in private. And he comes and, back from vacation yeah. and he starts <laughs> ragging on his son. <laughs> uh, so yeah, Psalm Psalm eighty one is where we're at. All right, and which uh, you picked out a verse. Yeah, well, I, I think just the first couple of verses is a good reminder, uh, especially for our men. I want our men to listen to this. I, I, I think our women do a better job of this, and maybe we want to blame it on the emotions or something, or I don't know what it is. But listen, guys, it, it and and women as well. But it we were created to do this. We were created. You were made for the one purpose of worshiping God. Yeah. Some of you don't. Yeah. And, and when you don't, you, cause you're built to worship, you're going to worship something. Yeah. And if you get, if you get more excited about other things, that's, that's dangerous. Mm-hmm. And so here's what this says in Psalm 81 verse one. Here's why we're saying this it says, sing praises to God, our strength, sing to the God of Jacob, sing, beat the tambourine, play the sweet lyre and the harp, blow the ram's horn at new moon. And again, at full moon to call the festival. You just see this idea of this excitement when it comes to worshiping God. It was an exuberance. Yeah. It wasn't that I, our church sometimes gets criticized because, well, it's a loud worship and we're, you know, using all these instruments. It's because we really believe the Bible. Yeah. I, I guarantee it that the worship among the Jews would not have been well accepted in some of these soft, formal churches that are around today where they are so reserved. The, the worship of our God, and he is so great and so mighty and so powerful that our worship ought not to be reserved. That's right. So this yeah. weekend, I challenge you, you show up with all the energy that you would have at any other thing that you get excited about, and you get excited about the great God that we worship. That's right. All right, we'll make it a good day today on Tuesday, and we'll see you tomorrow on Wednesday. 